0: what is up my beautiful souls out there i am kariga welcome to underlying perceptions and today i'm here to provide my underlying perspective on compassion fatigue you know what i'm saying so you think of a superhero right and you look into their origin their story and you see that they deal with compassion fatigue when trying to save the world but never have a chance to actually take care of themselves or their well-being that's why they're constantly in this rut dealing with this amount of stress and you see it depleting the character's energy to fight in certain scenes it's because of that compassion fatigue so i'm going to go ahead and talk a little more when you are deeply concerned and the demands are high you may feel compelled to attempt and just become a superhero. You may try to satisfy all of their requirements, needs. Your colleagues or coworkers will intervene to warn you that you are on the verge of crossing the line between aiding your clients and inflicting injury to yourself. Occasionally, you must really let go to be able to come back the next day. Compassion fatigue exhibits symptoms that are comparable to those of burnout. Compassion fatigue is characterized by a fixation with absorbing the trauma and emotional stressors of others, which results in the helper experiencing secondary traumatic stress. As described by the APA, American Psychological Association, compassion fatigue is the emotional residue left behind by interacting with persons who are struggling from the ramifications of tragic experiences. As a result of spending so much time listening to clients' tragic experiences, you become subject to compassion fatigue, which is not always easy to recognize. Burnout, on the other hand, is characterized by the feeling of being worn out, and it can occur in any job. Ramifications of burnout become apparent slowly but steadily over time, and can be traced back to specific ties and stressors in one's professional and personal life. Difficult and unpleasant thought take precedence over the things that ignite passion, drive, and enthusiasm in us. So, compassion fatigue is a term used to describe the psychological, emotional, and cognitive toll that assisting others has on a person who is doing the helping. It is also defined as a persistent feeling of tiredness or dissatisfaction that occurs over time. It is a condition characterized by a challenging job or workplace with the lack of resources or working long excessive hours that causes compassion fatigue. As a result of the fact that it is associated with occupations and situations that position you in difficult circumstances on a frequent basis, then it'll be classified as a secondary stress response. I'll go ahead and explain what that is. See, secondary trauma is associated with the emotional and psychological repercussions that occur as a result of being exposed to the specifics of another's traumatic experience through indirect exposure, perhaps. Vicarious trauma, on the other hand, is the cumulative transformational influence that it has on a practitioner who is engaging with the victim of a traumatic experience in their life. Um, An example would be a person is telling you their story constantly about how they were suicidal and the attempts and the ideations that they were going through. You will live that experience when you let it come to you and that is the vicarious trauma. That's just one example out of many. Individuals suffering from compassion fatigue, they work in a wide variety of settings and jobs. Particularly vulnerable are those working in the healthcare or social service industries. Healthcare, you think about COVID, you know, nurses, doctors working with clients and seeing death of children, teens, adults, elders, and it takes a mental toll and it's something you have to live with. Dispatchers of 911, firefighters, police officers, social service industries such as psychologists, therapists, social workers, etc., Service providers and professionals that interact with the public may be more exposed to compassion fatigue than other type of workers. Not minimizing burnout, but compassion fatigue, burnout, two different things. It's the stress of the work, but then that's the burnout. But the stress for helping the people, that's the compassion fatigue. Caring for others outside of work might result in compassion fatigue if these triggers and events begin to have a negative impact on your thoughts, moods, and your overall well-being, your mental health. So having emotions impacted by your occupation is a typical aspect of the caregiving professions. Nevertheless, when the experience do become excessive, you may be suffering from compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue can lead to mood swings, detachment, substance use, feelings of anxiety and depressive symptoms, the, the physiology is impacted and the creativity is impaired, etc. The compassion fatigue is defined by emotions of the mental and physical depletion or circumstance. Building one's own capacity for self care can be highly effective home treatment for many people who are experiencing stress. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by your job as a caregiver, a healthcare professional, or any other role, it's vital that you seek professional help as soon as possible to avoid further complications. A therapist, psychiatrist, doctor, or a doctor who specializes in trauma may be able to assist you in managing your stress, anxiety, exhaustion symptoms in a more efficient and effective manner. Now, that leads to what can we do to, you know, deal with our compassion fatigue? And it's strengthening your resiliency, your compassion resiliency. See, a person's compassion resilience refers to the ability to sustain one's bodily, emotional, and mental health while engaging compassionately to the plight of others recall that resilience can be a resource of well-being from which you can draw on during challenging times and situations having this ability helps you to be aware and successful in difficult circumstances you know what i'm saying recall that compassion resilience (laughs) is defined as the ability to sustain one's own well-being while also responding with compassion to the distress of others humans are simply incapable of doing this by themselves So, you know, talking with people, even if it's only one trusted person, and communicating your feelings and experiences is very critical to maintaining your professional health, your personal health, and your mental health, your overall well-being. Resilience is increased once you are capable of expressing and get the understanding from another person when you are going through the most difficult of emotions and situations. So. A great way to handle compassion fatigue when you do encounter this is strengthening your resiliency, your compassion resiliency. So with that being said, check yourself at the door before you step in, because it will really show in your body language, nonverbal and verbal cues. It will display in some way it may display an aggression. In depression, anxiety. These things are very serious and it's nothing to minimize. Even though we tend to unconsciously minimize our compassion fatigue, our true emotional well-being. You know, we try to cover it up by doing multiple things and whether that's multitasking, you know, trying to do multiple things to avoid dealing with our internal conflicts. Make sure when you acknowledge your compassion fatigue or you acknowledge that compassion stress, strengthen it by developing compassion resiliency. Make your mental health a priority, y'all. For real, it's key. So I just want to say thank you for tuning in to my podcast, another great successful episode of Underlying Perceptions, and thank you for hearing my underlying Perspective. May y'all continue to stay blessed out there, take care of your mental health, and keep living your life. Embrace the present. And remember this, just be real. You don't have to be perfect. Peace.